Welcome to Ministry Leaders Anonymous. My name is Chris Bartlett. And I'm Matt Rice, and we hope to provide a moment of sanity during a busy week of ministry. We've both been in ministry for over 17 years and have seen just about everything. And as damaged as we are, we are ready to dive into and bring light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has. That's a bold statement. We're bringing light to the hurts, hopes, and hungers that every minister has? Yeah, that's only through the power of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's why we pray before we start the podcast. All right, what were you going to say? Matt, last week, or last time we recorded, I don't know how they all are going to come out because it's vacation time and we had to batch a few, but last time, you got pretty vulnerable. Yeah. Like about <laughs> about stress, about blindness, about, it was terrifying. I had a couple of people say, holy crap, Matt, are you dying? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's And I'm on the podcast being like, and we have to make this shareable to the general public, and I just need to write my, my eulogy. So, uh, Ministry Leaders Anonymous will be on your epitaph. Um, <laughs> hurts, hopes, hungers, and stress. But I thought that we could continue to pull back the curtain and have maybe a little bit more reasonable or healthy vulnerability <laughs> and uh, share a little bit about yeah. why. So, there's that book, Start With The Why. It basically says, look at the why before you go to the what. And I just saved you 200 pages. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and I, I always, I've always seen that as more of a, a leadership thing. Like when you are trying to get people to move forward with you, you have to start with the why. Now, what we're, we're, what we're going to look at is, is, you know, maybe why we brought ourselves to this point. To, to this point, meaning why we got into ministry is what we're going to yeah, talk about. Yeah, and why we do it the way we do it and, right now. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how it developed over time. My wife and I... Uh, on our anniversary, I'll occasionally bust out the old wedding video. We have nice. this DVD. And uh, and I cannot believe how much it actually renews and invigorates our relationship to look back at the start. This is, this is where we were at at the beginning of our marriage. And we could see on our faces kind of the reasons why we were getting married. And it's changed mm-hmm. over time, right? We have six kids now. Our, our relationship is so much more dynamic and, and different and logistical heavy and uh, you know labor intensive but going back to the to the start really helps renew us in the now and I want to encourage you ministry leaders to uh, to look at that why did you get into ministry what was the initial calling that initial kind of romance that you and the Lord had to bring you into this place which which is kind of the the vineyard right the vineyard the calling to the vineyard, is sometimes a lot more glamorous than your coarsed hands or, or, or whatever with the sun beating down on you in the vineyard. So let's get let's get to it. Let's get yeah. to the start. Matt, would you like to sure. go first? I, yeah, like, and I, I think one of the things that Chris and I have noticed is that this why changes over time um, and develops, and it should grow a little bit deeper and mature and change because the why why I started is a lot different than why I continue. Now, but the why I started, it was, it was, I don't know, like my calling, and I don't know if I've shared this with uh, our listeners before, but it was stupid. Uh, I just look at how God called me and why God called me. And it was like, what were you thinking? You know, because my, my life up to the point before I got into youth ministry was not good. Um, I was not a good man. I was not a good person. I'm actually shocked that my wife decided to marry me, like knowing who I was. So that's where it kind of started. My wife and I got married, and then a week later, I was supposed to start a, a job, and it wasn't a ministry job. It wasn't even close. 
It was driving it was, beer. I mean, it was right? going to be a wine rep, you know. So I was going to be stocking shelves of with wine, which, like, for most college guys, it's like <laughs> jackpot because <laughs> you know there's free booze yeah. involved, you know. But for me, it, it wasn't what I wanted to do, and I knew that I'd been called to something more. Not to put down that job or any any job really, but I'd been called to to, to something different, and I knew it. I just didn't know what it was. Through circumstances, my youth minister at home needed male chaperones for a mission trip. And so he called me and said, hey, can you go? I said, my wife and I just got married. Can she come with me? He said, sure, no problem. And then I said, okay, well, let me see if I can get this job, you know, if they'll postpone my start by a week. And he said, sure. So then they said, yes, went on this mission trip. So this is, I'm getting to my original why, is my interaction with the young people on that trip. It was my first time ever in a leadership position with youth around and I was able to connect with these kids and we stayed up in the stairwell talking <laughs> I don't recommend this for any any chaperone um but we but this was 85 <laughs> years ago so it was totally fine but we stayed in, like it was me and a group of four or five guys in the stairwell talking till like two in the morning yeah and it was like that's what I remember that I was like wow you know this this may be what I'm called to do and then I found out that my youth minister was leaving. And through ridiculous God coincidences or God himself making it happen, that's how I got into my first position in youth ministry. So my, my why was my interaction with young people and knowing that this was God's call. That's beautiful. So I'm going to share my why, and then we're going to have to share how our whys have changed <laughs> yeah, over yeah. time. And that's kind of haunting uh, because... One of my whys now is because it feeds mm -hmm. my family. Yep. You you know what I mean? And and sometimes that's not that's not a it's a noble motivation, right? But it's not the highest mm -hmm. calling. And I'm not saying that that's the main motivation, but that is part of my why now is the, as yep. a provider, you know. So my why actually starts way back and uh, and it's not it's not as noble of a why as yours. <laughs> what? Um in <laughs> It's not. It's simply not. I was uh, in middle school. I was bullied mm. heavily, like extremely bullied, super, super depressed and uh, frustrated, lashing out. Right. And so there's this whole totem pole social hierarchy that exists in, uh, in, in middle school and high school. And I was towards the bottom of the totem pole. Now, what did I see the people higher up on the totem pole doing? Picking on people below them in the totem pole. So I started doing the same thing. I started picking on people below me on that whole social list. But the thing is, is I was so low that the people I was picking on were my friends, <laughs> right? I, I, it's crazy, dude. I was in the same boat. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. And so I would, uh, I would pick on these people, and then all of a sudden, I was alone in eighth grade. I was just mm. alone. And, uh, and my, my parents, my family, my, my at-home tribe, people who were supposed to care for me, did. But... I pushed them away because they couldn't help me be popular. So I kind of had this false god of mm. popularity, and I would define myself by that, and it led to depression. It led to a kind of a difficult time. So my mom sets me up for this retreat at the church. Chris, you should go on this retreat. You know, there's going to be pizza and a free T-shirt, you know, everything a, a teenager <laughs> would want. And I said to my mom, I said, I'll do anything to get away from you for Whoa. a weekend. And so I went Dang. on the retreat. Yeah, I'm rotten, right? I was a rotten little kid. And, and really all I wanted was her yeah, to hold yeah. me. You know what I mean? Like that's just, that's just a weird 
reality of adolescence. And so I go on the retreat, and I'm the kid in the back of the room with his arms crossed the whole time. And I interact with a few people, and they interact with me, not because of what type of shoes I'm wearing or who I sit with at the lunchroom or all these different things. It was a blending of different schools, and there were only a couple kids from my junior high. And I was noticing I could Mm. be myself. And so then I was. I was being myself, and I was being, you know... (laughs) I, I was telling dad jokes before my time, you know, just my sense of humor and, and things like that. And it was it was awesome. In fact, my small group leader on that retreat later became my confirmation cool. sponsor. I think it was impactful. At the end of the retreat, there was this prayer activity, prayer experience where you affirmed someone that you uh, felt shared Christ with you at some point during the retreat. And someone affirmed me and I just started wow. crying because I didn't deem myself worthy of something so so powerful, so profound. And if Christ could use me to share his love with someone else, that that means Christ loved me enough to, uh, to share his love with me because I couldn't share his love if I didn't receive his love. I was loved by Jesus Christ. And it was just this moment, mm. right? And so after that, I started getting involved in, in youth groups, started volunteering at the youth ministry I was a part of, and I found out that I was really good at it. But the why I was volunteering was it was because it was a place that I was loved and it was mm. safe, right? School was was a battlefield. Middle school and high school, was it was a battlefield. And so it was a safe place. Now, that's not the biggest motivation to get involved in ministry. Like the, the highest on the hierarchy of needs is not the highest motivation. But it was a motivation that all of a sudden God held my hand and took me into it and showed me that I, I, I can be gifted in this area. And so about junior year of high school, I knew that I wanted to be a youth minister. And I went to college for it at Franciscan University. And, uh, and right after college, I graduated and got a job in youth ministry. Like that is kind of, that was my pathway. But it all started with just this little broken kid that was just scared and needed love. And God provided that. Yeah, people like you, I, I was always jealous of. Because I, when, when I went through college, I, I did what I did because I was good at it, not because I knew I wanted to do it when I graduated. You know, I needed to pass because I was in athletics. So I needed a, you know, a degree plan that I could pass in. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so I was always jealous of people like you who went into college knowing what they were going to do. <laughs> it was, it was the worst. I remember registering for classes and this is wise, but I'm like a theology. I want to be a youth minister. I think I actually said that when, when they were having me declare a major and then they paused and they looked back and said, For those who sign up for a degree in theology, we recommend that you pair it with another degree or at least a strong minor because we've experienced many people not make a lot of money just with the degree in theology. (laughs) (laughs) My dad was standing next to me. My dad's an entrepreneur-type businessman, and I said, okay, then a degree in marketing as well. And it was just kind of just, you know. But I graduated senior year with the business departmental award, uh, for, for my work in the marketing department or whatever. It <laughs> was something to where the Holy Spirit's like, try this. And then I stuck with it. I didn't change my major once, and I had to pick a second degree wow. on the spot. And <laughs> just God just blessed with me with that decision. It was totally That's the funny. Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. So my, uh, my why didn't change for a while. It, it did intensify. And because of my calling and how clear it was that God had called me to it, maybe part of me wonders if, if that became my why. I, I did it because God called me to it. It may be mixed in there because I, after a couple of years, well, actually like that, yeah, it was that September was September 11th. Um, so I, I became a youth minister and then September 11th happened. 
And then my pastor left because he was in the army reserves and he went. And so then I had no pastor. <laughs> my, you know, the person wow. that was coaching me in youth ministry was my DRE. Um, wonderful woman. Love her. Still, she's, yeah, she's still amazing. Every time I go into town, I, I try to meet up with her. But I knew God had called me to serve his young church. And that wasn't going to change. And I didn't have the best experience in ministry. One being pastorless um, for a year. And then the pastor that came in. Um, was like, why the hell did this guy get hired? <laughs> you know, because, I mean, my resume was awful. I had no training, no formation. I mean, I was absolutely not equipped. And so they, they pushed me out of that position. And so I said, okay, I am going to, I'm still I'm called to youth ministry. This is where God wants me to be. I have to get a degree to back that up. And so that's right. when I'm, I transitioned into, you know, just education, you know, and I went to, I did night classes at UD, um, so that why was still there. And it was freaking strong. For, I mean, I worked three jobs. Um, and one of those jobs was like midnight to four in the morning on the tarmac at uh, DFW for UPS. I would uh -huh. go home, sleep for like two, three hours, go to 8 a.m. classes at UD, come back from UD and go work at the climbing gym. And then I would work in the evenings at um, a restaurant serving tables. It was stupid, you know. <laughs> Like that was the, one of the busiest times of my life. And it was because of this why. It was, it was in support of that why. I eventually went and got a graduate degree and, and came back to Texas. And that's after that happened and after my experience here, I think my why shifted. It still is absolutely imbued and covered in that knowledge and faith, whatever it is that God has called me here. There's no doubt. Um, but the, I guess the the direction that my ministry has gone is motivated by a different why. And I'll talk about that later. How is, how is your why changed? Okay. Yeah. So, you know, in college, I volunteered on a retreat team, um, not net ministries, but it was just like a, a traveling retreat team that would just serve near the studentville, near the university. Right. And, uh, and then throughout college, I went from being on a retreat team for two semesters to leading the retreat team for the remaining six <laughs> semesters I had. Um, actually, five, because I went to Austria for a semester. And so I was I was finding uh, that I really enjoyed it, that I really – but it was the execution mm. that I loved. Like, let's get in front of people. Let's – I want to talk about Jesus. I want to share it. And then I got a job in youth ministry at a, a parish that um, was reasonable in size for someone that's just starting in mm -hmm. youth ministry. And so I came in and I was able to know every teen and every family uh, of those teens. And it was heavily relational ministry. And I learned, and so my why was still very similar, like, I'm good at this, and, and God's calling me to share this goodness. But it, there was a deeper root, like my heart was for the junior high, for the middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade kids. Like, I went through that middle, I, I went through that miserable time, and so I'm going to make sure that these kids know the love that I needed to hear. From the moment you started ministry, your heart was for junior high? Yes. That's crazy. Like when I first started in ministry, I did not. I, I was high school only. They made me do some stuff with middle school. And it was like, these kids are weird. I can't stand them. Let me just check the box, you know, for I did ministry, you know, to junior high because it was not my thing. But it, w it wasn't until I came back and was and God was like, okay, well, you're going to start in junior high. Uh -huh. <laughs> when you come back from your graduate degree, I was like, okay. Um, and yeah. I love those kids. 
and they're they're a different beast in and of it themselves. Like I would say that middle school is the most awkward phase of adolescence. Um, there's some heavier issues that happen in high school, but you can navigate those issues because you can have a rational conversation <laughs> for more than 42 seconds. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, so middle school and, and I'm, I'm pouring out, I'm in charge of middle school, high school and confirmation prep, not uncommon. Um, and it was, it was great. And we journeyed together, but it was very much relational ministry me and the team kind of empowering each other because we were journeying together. I remember um, playing Halo with uh, some of the volunteers and, Mm -hmm. and we would sit there and we would talk about, Oh my goodness, this person is dating this person in the youth group. Do you think it'll last? And just, it wasn't super catty or anything like that. It was just kind of like, these are our kids and they've noticed each other. And it was just (laughs) a really neat, really neat time. Mm hmm. And then uh, some things happened with my family, and I, I needed to kind of kind of grow my position a little bit. So I, I got hired at the diocese, and that was a huge shift. And I had to mm. rediscover my why because it was so affirming along the way to have teens and families that were just like, "Yay, Chris, we love journeying with you. Thank you for showing us Jesus. Let's journey there together." And so my why didn't need to grow. Mm. It was simply yeah. God loves, and God's loved me, and I want to share it with you. And that's a real simple, that's a real simple yes. Mm-hmm. But when, when I got to the diocese, I did not interact with youth hardly at all. Yep. And yeah. so now I had to figure out what does it mean? And it shifted to empowering others. Mm-hmm. And so my why really changed from, okay, God has given me a vision of ministry to execute to God has given me a vision of ministry that needs to be shared with others. So yep. I had to get in touch with that vision and start sharing it with others. And that's really kind of um, been a, at the heart of my why now is that I don't feel like I have to know every person in my ministry, mm-hmm. but I have to make sure that every volunteer in my ministry understands the deeper vision. Yep. And so that, that, that's kind of where my why and my motivation, the b- big part of my motivation is right now. And it's shifted and it's grown into really, okay, so what, what does that look like? Just knowing Jesus? And it's like, well... That was where it was maybe 10 years ago, but now it's not just knowing Jesus, but also showing or living Jesus. To The disciple yep. needs to know Christ and make Christ known. And that second part, that sense of mission, is something that I didn't have instilled in the way that I did ministry 10 years ago. And praise the Lord that he, uh, he, he grew me from there. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like, I, I wonder how many people have their why change, and then they change the kind of job they're doing. So you did, your job changed, and I, I don't know why, why that transition from one, from parish to diocese, or did you need to be paid more, or whatever. It didn't sound like you, it didn't seem like you were motivated necessarily for that job, but when you got there, then your why had to change to match the job. It, I, I think there's a both and in that response. I was okay. excited about the new position. But it was it was hard to walk away from the parish, mm-hmm. and in my mind, I was gonna I was gonna retire at that parish, you know, just yeah, one job, yeah. <laughs> stay there for forty five years. Um, I, I don't know if that's what God wanted. In fact, I'm certain that that's not what God wanted. It's fascinating how He works. Yeah, um, over the summer, I get I get inspired, and there's only been two times where I haven't been inspired over the summer with a new vision for the fall semester, mm-hmm. and that was this, both times I've I've changed jobs where God has yeah. just said no, your time here is done. It's, You're done. It's time yeah. for you to move somewhere else, 
and the vision stops, and so then it's time to shift, and that's basically what happened. There were other factors involved, but at the end of the day, it was it was a movement of God. Yeah, so my, my why changed after I came back to Texas, had started doing uh, ministry, like direct ministry in parishes again. When I looked around, and all the people that had started ministry with me when I was first started in youth ministry, almost all of them were gone. And some of them in ugly ways. Yeah, some of them had left the church. Yeah. Um, almost all of them had left ministry, um, but the rest of them had moved churches. And I, and I saw my church that I had left, they went through a new youth minister every year, if they had a youth minister, because there was a time when they didn't, and it was just all volunteer ran for a big church. Um, and so I, I saw this, and I was like, man, this is freaking broken. Like, what, what, we've been, what we have been doing for the last 40 years in Catholic youth ministry is broken. Our youth ministers leave ministry burnt out for the most part. Um, they, they come in for a couple years and then they bounce. That's not good. Like that consistency is not good for, or that inconsistency is not good for the minister or the church or the youth. And I, I say this all the time, but there is not a single profession out there that would say, okay, we are going to turn over all of our people every two or three years, and we're not going to have any mechanism in place to share what they've learned. Right. And then we're going to be a successful profession. <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't work that way. Um, and so my, my why, you know, changed to, all right, we need to be able to get ministry into more parishes so that they can afford better ministry. And we need to be able to solve this issue of the turnover and the lack of the training and the passing down of knowledge and the burnout of youth ministers. And so that's where my, my why kind of changed focus. It's still absolutely God has called me here. There is no doubt about that. Um, and he has equipped me to, to take on this mission. But my why is much more in the, we've got to do something to, to change the way that we do ministry for the health of the church, the health of the young people, and the health of the minister. And so that's my, that's my big why now. Good. Yeah, sustainability is such an important piece. And that's why we have to be clear on our why. Why are you doing it today? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and I think that for me, there have been times where my why has been diluted or distracted. Yeah. There, there's a couple of times where I remember going to conferences and I was like, our youth group is going to be the loudest and proudest and rowdiest at this conference. We're going to, mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to play the hardest and we're going to pray the hardest. And, uh, and that was a distraction. That was not yeah. a good motivation. And, yeah. uh, and there were times where we were successful, like we set out to accomplish it and we did, you know, yep. and that, that's not good. And it became kind of all the hype that money could buy type of situation. Mm. Yeah. And that that and and yet we have this Lord that's humble. <laughs> he, mm-hmm. he comes to us in a piece of bread, you know. And so, so so there's certain things that they get distracted. Sometimes uh, financial reasons, right? Um, sometimes uh, organizational health reasons. Like you talk about sustainability in regards to youth ministry. I think ministry in general. These pastors, they they came to share Jesus, to love Jesus, not to be CEOs of million dollar organizations. And they're given sometimes responsibilities that go beyond their training. Mm-hmm. And they have to do on-the-job training, which sometimes has some collateral damage. And at times that, that, that could be a staff member and different things like that. And if we don't have that perspective, and I, I hate to say it, but even that willingness to, to, to sit in that growth phase for, for different leaders in the church, then, then we're, we're going to be doomed as well. Yeah. 
we're coming towards the end, but I one of the things I want to acknowledge is I've, I've shared all of the positive wise, just looking back. And I wonder if there's a little bit of, uh, I don't know, looking back, you know, with rose, rose-colored glasses or whatever. Um, but I know that there were times when my why um, was, uh, I've been, uh, this is what I've been doing. This is what I know. Like, it wasn't a noble why. You know, I'm doing it because I don't know how to do anything else. Where you get disconnected from the vine. Yeah. And you're just like, well, I go, go into autopilot. Yeah. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing because it's born fruit in the past. Yeah. There are ministry leaders out there that are listening to this, and, and they're, they, they may be wrestling with, oh, crap, what's my why? Like, it, it's got to be more than, at least I feel like there are going to be seasons when your why is because it's comfortable, because I'm good at it, because I need a paycheck. But the, over the, the long term, if you look at your ministry life, it, that should not be the predominant why. Absolutely, yeah. And my why, even over time, is I wanted to change the world, right? Mm, yeah. like I wanted to change the world by investing in these teens. And now my why is I want the world to be changed by a, an army of disciples, right? And so now I want to empower others. I don't want to be the minister that shares Christ with every single person. I want to be the person that makes disciple makers who go out and do that. And so there's there's a different kind of vision, a different kind of approach when you recognize that this job is too big for one person. <laughs> How do I equip and empower people with that vision to do it? But there, yeah, but there are days that, uh, yeah, well, I have to go to work. Otherwise, I get fired and my kids don't get fed. So today, the why is... <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get fired. I, I'm, a per, I'm a professional, right? So today, the why is that I'm a professional. But on the, on, the, on the long view, and I think it's important for us to pause and reflect what our why was at the beginning and why our why now is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. It may be, I don't know, would you do this annually, Chris, or just whenever you're feeling kind of like frumpy? I would say sometimes you need a reminder every day. I mean, I'm not saying do this big, long reflection or different things like that, but to remind yourself, have an identity statement on who you are, and from your identity in Christ flows your mission. And so God has created me with a certain set of of skills. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen that movie Taken, but it almost sounds like... No. You don't know who I am, but I know I have a certain set of skills. I'm going to find you. Um, anyways, but we are called to share with the gifts that we have and how we share is where the why is connected. We, we want to hear your why as well, ministry leaders out there, because I think that there's, there's a variety of, of on-ramps to ministry. Sometimes yeah. it's that sneaky Jesus, like, I just was going on a retreat as a chaperone, and now I'm the youth <laughs> minister. Like, sneaky Jesus got you, Matt. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah, love me did. some sneaky Jesus, you know? Yeah, did. <laughs> and so we want to hear from you guys. Please share with us. One of our favorite spots for that to share, sharing to take place is on our Facebook group, uh, MLA Podcast Facebook group. So check us out. And if you have any feedback, please email us at mla at ablazeyouth.org and share this podcast, not just with someone, with everyone. With everybody. <laughs> everybody. And one thing I noticed, and this is going to be embarrassing, but I'm going to call out our listeners. We haven't had a review, like a written review, since October. Holy moly. I know. Listeners, if you haven't done a written review, say some kind words, at least in the iTunes forum. Say some kind words and uh, leave us a review there. And uh, here at Ministry Leaders Anonymous, we believe that if you want to go quickly, go alone. And if you want to go far, we go together. 
Take some time this week to pray for other ministry leaders and ask them their why. Yeah, I like that. We will see you next week on Ministry Leaders Anonymous. God bless you.